Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. This episode is brought to you by Staffing Referrals, the only automated referral management platform chosen by smart staffing firms. Tired of wasting money on traditional job boards? Sick of reminding recruiters about promoting your referral program? Wish you could eliminate admin work spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews? That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Imagine transforming your entire talent pool into digital recruiters on behalf of your company. Think about how happy you'll make your team by eliminating wasted time spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews. There's a reason that Staffing Referrals is one of the fastest growing software platforms in our industry. It's because staffing executives want to scale faster by automating recruiting processes. It's because with Staffing Referrals, you can actually see an ROI. And it's because our world is now more digital than ever and your candidates expect you to keep up. Don't get passed by the competition. Stop missing referrals and start recruiting smarter. Get staffing referrals and improve your tech stack today. To claim one free month, visit www.staffingreferrals.com show. That's staffingreferrals.com show. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining us today. Uh, I'm welcomed here today with Anna Shabina, the CEO and founder of Remotivate. Uh, to get started, Anna, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background and your story about how you got into staffing? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, David. So I, my background is actually in recruitment and operations. I've been doing this for the past nine years, actually. And what's super interesting and something I realized only about a month ago is I've never done recruitment for an office position. I've always hired remotely, whether that was internationally for obviously in office or hospitality or whatever the industry was, but I still did it remotely. And so I started off in Ukraine. I did that for about five years, sending people all over the world. And then about four years ago, I got into the remote space and I started working with online businesses, doing operations, doing recruitment. And it kind of snowballed into people being like, hey, Anna, we need help with recruitment for my online business. And that happened over and over again. And hence, I've been running my company for about two and a half years now, helping online businesses specifically with remote recruitment. So definitely been a fun journey. And that, that's really amazing. Uh, I mean, you and I had a brief conversation about this, but the, like, I've talked to a lot of staffing firms. Uh, I've been in the staffing space for a very long time. I've even had a digital marketing agency and hired a completely remote team. I've never seen a remote-focused staffing agency. Uh, what, what kind of brought you to that? Was it just the, the background and kind of fall into it? Or what's the, how did you select this? Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is something that people do ask me and they're just like, how did you find this amazing niche? Like, this is, you're in such a great space. And I'm like, I really didn't. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I always say that the business found me. I never went out being like, I want to be a business owner. Like, it really was never the goal for me. The goal for me was I wanted to help people from all over the world. I mean, initially it started as... Initially, it started as, I want to help people in Eastern Europe because that's where I'm originally from. I want to help them work online because it's such an incredible space. And then I just realized that there's just not not enough opportunities out there. And when I got into these entrepreneurial circles, I realized there's so much opportunity to help people, not just in Eastern Europe, but 
all over the world. And when I got into that space, more and more online businesses are like, wait, you can do it remotely. You can hire remote staff. Like you actually know how to do that. And I was like, yes, I I can help. (laughs) And it it started as like consulting, helping here and there. And then it was just like more and more people. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm just going to go register my business and I'll be just right back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. And I've, I've learned some of the nuances over the years about uh, the remote recruiting and hiring. And so it's odd having somebody come on full time that you've never met in person. Uh, that said, mm-hmm. I think everybody in the last year through the pandemic, a lot of staffing agencies have learned that some of the, the nuances, but how, how would you say that the uh, you know, traditional recruiting is different than recruiting for remote hires? I mean, I would just say there's just so many differences from just the way that you have to understand the vision of a role, like the, even the way you call a position, right? When you're in the U.S., you like, here's a great example, senior media buyer. I only re- heard about that some co- companies call marketing marketing managers senior, me- senior media buyers. I didn't even yeah. realize that. And that's because you know, research, 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 it's so, some, the name of positions are so different. The way that responsibilities from one role, like one operations manager is absolutely not the same as another operations manager. The way that you vet candidates and you have to be so much more specifically looking at all the different steps and information they're providing, especially if you're hiring internationally because it's different cultures, different people, uh, different, just different uh, skills and abilities. And you really have to be so much more attentive to the process. And then of course the interviews, you have like a box to look at a person. You're like in a zoom box. You can't, (laughs) you don't know where they are. You can't really tell their body language and you have to be just so much more careful. So I just definitely say that I think a lot of people and the way that it has changed is that a lot of people haven't realized that remote recruitment means being so much more attentive to the process and really keeping a close eye on for the red flags, for the differences in culture, for there's just so many more things to keep watch out where I think that wasn't always the case when it's just like, hey, come in the office or hey, provide your references and I'll call them up on my cell. They're in the same city. You know, it's it's really changed in that sense. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, and also with the uh, the timing for starting your business. I mean, the the unknown. Uh, <laughs> I was like, my God, with the pandemic, like I was just looking at stats on this and said that uh, in December I saw it was forty, uh, almost forty two percent of American workers were working remotely, and then through twenty twenty one, Upwork expects uh, to be twenty six point seven percent of people still wow. working from home, which is pretty incredible. And 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 what I I mean, a lot of the companies, the the founders I talk with, they're saying. You know, we had an office with 100 people in it, and now we're we're not sure we're going to renew the lease, or we might go yeah. to just like a shared workspace and have everybody have flexibility on that front. But I think uh, this is one of those trends that uh, is moving, accelerated by the pandemic, and. Yeah. yeah, I just I think a lot of companies are realizing that there's a lot of benefits. Like so many companies were either against that or never looked into it. And now that they're going into the remote space, they're realizing, oh wow, I don't there's all this overhead that I don't have to, you know, pay for. There's an office that I don't have to pay for. There's so much opportunity opening up because now I'm not limited to city. I'm not even limited to a country. I can hire from any time zone. I can expand my business. And it creates all these opportunities that business is only starting to realize. Like it's started in 20, uh, 2020 and 2021, it's just like, it's beginning to really snowball into that understanding of like, I can do amazing things with my team. 
it, it is really incredible when you look at it. I've been working with, uh, I, I think I've uh, historically used Upwork for parts of this. I, I, it was like seven years ago, I started working with an assistant out of the Philippines. And it's been still today, <laughs> still on a monthly basis wow. today. And it's like, oh, it's wow. incredible. So I, I'm uh, a big fan of the, you know, uh, outsourcing and also finding remote remote teammates to help you move forward. It's, uh, it's pretty great. So how, how have you seen uh, recruitment change throughout the years? And really, where do you see the future trends uh, for where do you see uh, recruitment going in the next few years? I mean, as I said, I just think there's going to be so many changes to how companies recruit, right? I think one is it's going to make business definitely more international, meaning, again, because their doors are open to international recruitment. And I do think the recruitment industry is still very much behind. I even had a client who was, a, it's a nine, a nine figure company. And I, I mean, we're still a small business. I mean, being completely yeah. honest, we're a small business. We're helping small to medium businesses. We're mostly with working with online businesses. And this nine figure company calls me up and I'm like just let, let me just be honest why are you talking to me <laughs> like honestly like I just asked them that question because I wanted to have an understanding like why are we having this conversation yeah, yeah. because they mentioned they work with Hayes which you know is a multi-billion dollar company and I'm like so why are we having this conversation and their response is those companies don't know how to hire remote staff like yeah. and that's what's crazy it's that the space of recruitment is so behind and so old school. And every time I have a conversation with, you know, even people who are ahead of the game or online business owners, and they're just like, we never heard it. Like, for example, reference checks. Wait, what? Like, how can you do international reference check? Like, there's all these fun questions that come up and they're just like, what's happening here? How do we do all of this? And I think I mean, we're talking huge multi-billion dollar companies are behind and they still don't really know how to do it. So I think, you know, we're in such an incredible time, an incredible journey where companies are going to be accelerating and they're gonna, there's going to be a gap. So when it comes to recruitment, I hope these recruitment companies really, really are going to catch up because right now there is really no one who knows how to do proper recruitment. And then there's obviously a whole thing on pricing and structures and vetting processes everything's going to change. I truly believe that. And I'm so excited to see what's going to happen. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think there's uh, uh, watching all of the, I mean, the digital transformation and how that's impacting businesses. And I mean, I, what I see time and time again is companies that are just adopting new technology like crazy, trying new ways to automate the entire, as much of the recruiting process as they can, that makes sense. And then you see others who are kind of still holding on to the, the uh, old ways. I think it's, uh, we're going to see some pretty, uh, intense changes in the next few years with the, within the staffing industry. Um, so tell me a little bit about, uh, I mean, you've mentioned clearly the demand for your uh, business segment has, has increased pretty drastically. It sounds like you've uh, got figured out some pretty cool things. Uh, how, how has business growth, growth been for you guys? Are you seeing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been crazy, David, honestly. And that's something that uh, is the beauty of all of this, especially since last year. It was just so many people. I mean, we are, and this is something I'm extremely proud of, our entire business right now has been word of mouth referrals. And it's just snowballed where I'm getting, I'm waking up with like all of these different, hey, uh, this person told me that you can help with remote recruitment. I can't find anyone else. Hey, I Googled remote recruitment and you're the agency to talk to you. I'm like, okay. And so we're, we're definitely <laughs> growing our own team and scaling alongside helping other companies grow their team. And honestly, it's just such 
such an incredible experience because um, one of the amazing things that I learned at the very beginning of this year when I started getting into marketing, which has been a bit of a struggle because my background is operation and recruitment, not marketing, okay? And once I started getting into it, I realized like there's not enough information out there in terms of just content. And yeah, of course I can do, you know, again, I can give you the fish, right? But I want to teach people to fish. And I think right now, once I started researching, my team started researching, we realized there's really not enough information out there And so this year, not only, of course, will we support so many companies that are going remote or or need that assistance and help and support, but we're going to be creating content, whether that's the blog, whether that's getting on social media, doing lives, doing webinars, because it's a gap and people need that. Entrepreneurs and business owners and HR managers also included need that support. And I definitely want to be able to make that difference. My entire team wants to be able to make that difference. So business has been good and we're definitely, (laughs) we're definitely uh have, have big big dreams and uh, big awesome. aspirations so to speak awesome awesome and and with that it sounds like you're going to be sharing some of these on your blog or uh, through webinars but do you have any awesome. specific uh recruitment vetting tips uh, anything that you could share that would help help people through this Yeah, absolutely. So there are a few things that I would absolutely love to share uh, just kind of like highlight t- tips and tricks that I think are so 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 important um so the number one, my personal favorite, and every to everybody's surprise, it's not sourcing. It's even not so much the vetting process. I mean, which is important. I'll get to that in just a second. But I think one of the most important things that almost every single entrepreneur, business owner, HR manager that I work with really skim over is the vision of a position. Really fully understanding the position that they're looking to bring on. And when I say that, I mean... Most business owners say, I need a marketing manager. Here's an example of what I need. Here's a job description. Post it on somewhere and hope for the best. And then I wonder why I'm getting all these candidates that are just not relevant at all to my position. And that's because I always say position to sell. And it's so strange to me because it seems so counterintuitive. I'm, I'm paying for this. So why would I have to position to sell? Like people should work for me because I'm paying money. Like, it, you know, the normal kind of thought process. Yeah. But right now, as you said, there's so many people going remote and there's so much talent and there's not enough there's not enough thought going behind the, how do you position a role? What's the actual job description? What are the responsibilities? And what are some benefits and opportunities for working for your company instead of another one? And companies just don't take the time to tell their story, to really be attractive. And that just creates a whole snowball effect of who are you going to vet if the people coming in are not even relevant to your position, okay? (laughs) So I know you asked about the vetting and I'm happy to share about it, but I feel like the number one thing that people should take away is do the research, really truly understand who you're hiring and not just for right now, not for the quick fires, but for the long term, who, who, what is this person going to do for you in the long term? What does success look like for this role in the long term? And I think those are some important questions to ask, but I am happy to go into vetting if you'd like. Yeah. No, no, no. That's all good. That's great. And uh, it's also something that resonates with me pretty strongly. I've, I've worked with quite a few people who, uh, I, I, even in my early years, I've, uh, one of my early roles, I hired about 20 people and I I remember copying and pasting the the role from another. You know, I was like, "Let's go find. Go. Uh, find let's find the uh, what are the typical roles and responsibilities for this job title." And it's like, guess what? That doesn't work out so well. You've got to make sure it fits exactly what your needs are. And I think even going, you know, in, in the positioning to sell the the job, but also positioning, you know, getting 
a clear understanding of what your needs are as a business and what you're trying to achieve is kind of the, the underlying exactly. principle there. So absolutely. Um, you also mentioned sourcing and that's an area that I'm always, uh, it's near and dear to my heart. I'm always trying to figure out, you know, what, what are the best sourcing strategies? What's the most cost effective and uh, where are you going to get the most reliable, the high quality candidates? What, um, tell us a little bit about what you, your thoughts on sourcing. Yeah, absolutely. This is actually, so if the vision of the role is the least expected, least, you know, paid attention to sourcing is the absolute highlight issue that a lot or challenge, I'd say the challenge yeah. that a lot of companies deal with. And funny enough, once more and more clients came in, we were like, oh, this is the struggle. This is actually the easy part for us. Like sourcing <laughs> was never, it was never the issue. We were like, oh, we just yeah. get like, we posted a, a project manager role the, uh, a few months ago. We had 600 applications. Like wow. we didn't know what, what to do with them. You know what I mean? Like we were so surprised when people kept saying sourcing is the issue. I was like, what? So to answer your question, um, there's a few things that we've really done that has changed the game for us. And again, it's because we've really tried to avoid the stereotypes, the usual, here's what you need to do to source because it doesn't work or it works very poorly. Now, here's what I mean by that. So for example, we don't like LinkedIn for sourcing. I truly believe right now there's so many amazing people in the remote space and headhunting is in the past, it should be, unless it's like a nine figure wow. business looking right. for a COO, I completely yeah. agree. For everything else, if you're a small to medium business, you're growing and even higher leadership positions, we've hired for C level positions. Yeah. I, hate Link I hate LinkedIn. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're all good. You're all good. That's, that's Honestly, it's. It's 80% of the work for 20% of the result. I, I even had, I did a bit of work for an online tech company and they're like, Anna, only LinkedIn. I'm like, why? Only LinkedIn. I remember spending so many hours with like almost no result. I'm like, this is ridiculous. My team finds <laughs> 300 candidates in three days and yeah. you're telling me to do two weeks of LinkedIn with nothing. What's yeah. the point of this, you know? Yeah. And yeah. The, the thing that we found that has really transformed sourcing for us is we actually find the platforms where we can invite candidates manually to apply. Now, I know you mentioned Upwork and we love Upwork as well, but there is this stereotype around Upwork that, oh, that's only for freelancers. I've had clients tell me, don't hire an Upwork, Anna. That's not for the long term. That's not for leadership positions. Like I've had that and I'm like, okay, look, trust me this once. And then if the candidates don't come in, if the quality is not there, we'll talk again. <laughs> like just yep. let it be for just give it to me this once. And what's interesting is, and a lot of people don't realize, a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize this, is that most people on Upwork, if they haven't made it, and most people haven't, let's be honest, yeah, they, you know, but it's true, right? Most people, they're not making $100,000 a year yeah, on yeah. Upwork. They're there because they're looking for an opportunity. But at the end of the day, the motivation behind that is, I don't want to spend all this time hustling for clients. I want to do marketing. I want to do customer service. I want to do B of VA. I want to do operations for an Amazon business. Not, I want to write cover letters for a hundred companies every month yeah. in hopes yeah. of getting a job. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really not what people want to do. And I think that just... Those stereotypes, it, it, that stere those stereotypes about Upwork is really what's holding a lot of people back. But there's so much opportunity there. And we get so many of our amazing full-time staff from Upwork, to be completely oh, wow. honest. That's amazing. Yeah. It really, because we're looking at the ones who are new to the platform yep. that don't have that rep, like it's completely the opposite of what people look for. They're not, they're looking at the reviews. They're looking at their proven experience. And we're doing the opposite. We're saying, 
have you not succeeded here? Do you want a, do you want a full-time job? Do you want a career with this yeah. remote company? And they get so excited and they light up and they go through a process and then they say, thank you. We loved your process. We do yep. it again. <laughs> so Upwork is a major one. We, of course, use like Indeed is a great one. Um, Angelist is another one. There's, there's a lot of platform platforms that we test and try for every position. We're always, always trying to look for new opportunities. We're always testing and trialing. But I'd say that every platform has its own limitations for the type of positions that you can find on there for the geographical, even remote positions. Some are very U.S. focused, like Indeed, mostly for U.S. candidates like North America. Um, But Upwork is it's a beautiful resource if you know how to use it. I couldn't agree more. I've uh, with the digital agency Upwork was uh, (laughs) instrumental for for growth. And there are a couple of people that worked with there for a very long period. Still still have contacts that I went working with yeah. uh, uh, sometimes. Today. That's amazing. Um, anything else on the sourcing front? Are you guys doing anything with referrals? I have to always got to bring that up because of my uh, affinity there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's a little bit different for us. We're actually more on the, there's two major things. So one, as I said, we actively invite candidates. So we invite about 150 to 300 candidates, depending on the position. And that really eliminates long-term work. So it's short-term, you know, investment of time for long-term results. Most companies try to save time by posting on some job boards and then hoping for the candidates to come in. What happens is the quality and over time, you will spend the time anyways, trying to find those candidates, whether you're going to wait longer or whatever it may be by spending a week on sourcing and actively inviting candidates that have like an 80%, 70 to 80% match with our position, we get so much higher results. So we only are getting maybe 50 to hundred candidates in our funnel for a position, but most of them actually are that's relevant amazing. and have the experience, you know? So I'd say that's a big one. And then obviously we've now built an entire database of very popular positions like operations and marketing. And we're keep tapping into that as well for people who were amazing, but just weren't hired. Um, funny enough, we actually had a girl apply six times and then she got, she got the job. So she got it for like a, a project manager and her a superior who was like the CEO a week later, he quit and recommended her for the interim position. And she was like six times this girl applied through us. And on the sixth time, not only did she get a, pro, a, a position, but she got to lead. Now she's leading the business and she's like the CEO of the comp of a major Amazon seller company. So amazing what these people can do so yeah that's that's incredible that's incredible and uh so shifting away from sourcing a little bit tell me about uh some of the challenges you've had with uh, growing the business what are some of those struggles that you've had over the years to, to get to where you're at and where do you how do you how have you overcome those that is such a great question. Actually, one that almost never, no one has ever asked me before. Um, but it is such a such a great one because, like I said, what's interesting with a lot of business owners, most business owners, their background is in marketing. They are these hustlers that know how to find find leads, find clients, and and so the growth is so easy for them naturally. Like almost every single business owner I talk with, not just marketing agencies yeah. in general, they're like, "We're the marketer of the business." I'm like, yeah. "Okay." <laughs> And then, you know, with me, it's like, I'm operations and recruitment. I don't know. I had nothing. I have no idea. Well, I had no idea about marketing. And so my business was like, I provide, my background is in service businesses. I've always helped a lot of service businesses. I've worked in service businesses. And so for me, it was like, provide an excellent service and then they're going to come back and they're going to recommend us. And so I just grew the business that way. And it's completely referral based. It's completely at this time. Most of it is referrals, but 
I have learned to do marketing and I have fallen in love with, especially inbound marketing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was through it was through a marketing coach. So I started work, yeah. working last year uh, in like Q Q three Q four. I started working with a marketing coach, and he really shifted my just a, a complete understanding of marketing. Because I was like, I hate marketing. This is all BS. This is all about selling people, and I, I yeah. just don't like selling. I, I really yeah. don't. I, I I like bringing value into the world and helping people and making a difference. And I I always thought that's like the opposite of marketing. Like to be completely honest with yeah. you. And so having the opportunity of working with a marketing coach who has a very, I know this word is going to sound kind of weird, but like kind of a holistic approach to to things, having like a, we're here to help. We're not here to sell. It really changed my perspective. And we've now are able to do content. We're now able to grow in a lot of different areas of marketing with the mindset of we're here to help. Uh, So I'd say the number one struggle for me has always been, and probably will always be marketing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, that makes sense. And, uh, it's funny when you, when you talk about that, the, uh, I've built a couple of helped build a couple of different sales organizations. And, uh, I've had people that have moved over from kind of more of a marketing or operations role into sales. And they're always like, I don't, they they have such a bad rap. They're like, I don't want to do sales. I don't, that's not what I'm about. And once I think, uh, I mean, I think that the, when I think of sales and marketing, it's you're helping to inform people accurately so they can make informed decisions about what they need, you know, what's good for them. And I think that uh, so many people feel like it's like convincing, you know, it's like a, a bad, like I'm going exactly. to convince selling snake oil. And it's like, no, like if, if it's done correctly, you're, you're educating uh, and hopefully helping people. And I've, I've had quite a few people have changed their mindset on that where they're like, oh, this is actually really great. I'm I'm just providing information. It's like, yes, yes, that's true. Yeah. Well, marketing has crazy. a bad rep. I, I, yeah. I can speak to that. Marketing has a very bad rep, but that's because there's so much of that yeah. in the space. I mean, we're looking through social media and it's like, buy this, do this, uh, sign yeah. up for that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do, do people feel like that when they see my my stuff as well? I, I don't want people to feel that way. <laughs> well, I, I, from uh, somebody who's been in marketing for most of their career, I will tell you that your brand is uh, looks, it's very, it's a beautiful brand. It looks at your website looks great as well. So nice, I nice work. It. And I feel, it looks like you've embraced marketing quite well. <laughs> so uh, the, the marketing coach is pretty, it's a, a cool that you stepped out, recognized the gap and went out and did that. Have you, have you used coaches in other areas or has that been uh, uh, super valuable? Is that something you've done consistently? Actually, yes. I, I was quite resistant to it because I come from a culture where kind of the mindset is a little bit every man for himself. And it's like, mm-hmm. you, you can help others, but you can't really ask for help yourself because that's a sign of weakness. I mean, you know, real Russian culture, so to speak, <laughs> nothing against it, but that is a mindset of like being highly independent. You don't need help. You can do it yourself. And that is part of the culture that I came from. And it was really hard to learn. And a good friend of mine at one point in my online journey said, Emma, you have to learn to ask for help. You, you can't do anything alone. You can't build a business alone. You can't get to where you need to be by yourself. You need to start asking for help. And there was that moment where I was like, okay, going to try this out. going to try this yeah. asking for help thing. And it changed my world. I, I started working with different coaches. I've had a personal, like a personal coach to help with uh, personal growth because that affects it. You know, why yeah. taking care of ourselves, other, we can take care of, you know, when we show up for ourselves, we can show up for other people. Absolutely. But, 
I've had the chance to really work with all kinds of different coaches and it's been an amazing experience at learning to accept help, learning to have support and seeing the gaps in the business where, no, I can't do everything. Yes, I want to, but I really yeah. shouldn't. And I should ask for support and I should ask for help from others, whether that's a team member or freelancer, a coach, whatever that may be. So I have definitely used coaches and I will continue doing so. That, that's a great recommendation and something that I've, I've contemplated and I think you might've just sold me on it. So I think I might, <laughs> that's probably, <laughs> I probably need to, need to step into that realm as well. The, uh, so shifting gear, actually anything else related to, uh, I get the remote recruitment specifically or any kind of, uh, summary statements. I, I have some fun questions that are a little bit more on the personal side here to end with, but is there anything else on the uh, remote side that, or staffing, uh, angle that you'd like to jump into? Yeah, I guess the one last thing I want to share here, I'm not going to go into our whole build a process, which I can, and I do that quite often, but yes, build a process. But I think a really good takeaway and something to keep in mind as people do remote recruitment that I think is really, really important. And I say this to my team so much, put on your detective hat. I know that sounds a little bit corny, but when you're, when you're out there uh, sourcing, vetting, interviewing, look at those people and look at the gaps, look at what's, what's missing, look at the red flags. And I feel like with traditional recruitment, it's not really like that. It's like, here's my CV. Here's where my qualifications are. You look like a decent person. Let's give you a try. You know, like it's, it's kind of how that is because you're inviting that person into your office. So, you know, you know, there's more security there. Whereas in the online space, you're working with someone from an entirely different country with a different culture, a different mindset. You'll probably never see them, <laughs> you know, or unless you actually go there and visit them. But it, it's really important to understand that, yeah, it's just, it's really important to have that in mind, putting on that detective hat, really taking a deep dive into your process, into that person, into what they provide, and truly listening to the story and seeing, does their story align with what you're looking to bring on and what you're looking to provide? So just that little bit, little piece so of advice. That, that's a great piece of advice. And I, I think uh, I, I would just add to that uh, thinking about remote hiring is different. I mean, I think that's uh, people are trying to apply old school methods to it. And I think recognizing that it's different, that there are nuances, that having somebody that specializes in it can be super valuable, or at least recognizing that there are nuances and you need to change how you're approaching it. I think is a key, key component of it as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, with that, I'm going to jump into a couple of fun questions. Uh, so in the last five years, uh, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? I think I already mentioned that actually asking for help has been the number one biggest transformation for me. That uh, is great. Uh, what is, and this might be, we might be coming back to asking for help again. Uh, we'll see on this one. But what, <laughs> what is one of the best or most, wor most worthwhile investments you've ever made? It uh, could be an investment of money, time, energy, et cetera. I think an investment in your network, really showing up for the people that, whether those are your, for me, it's intertwined. My friends yeah. are the people I work with, the people that I go for drinks with, the people yeah. that I hang out with. It's very intertwined in the online space. But I think investing in my network and understanding the value of that, of actually caring for those people, whether that those are my friends that are business owners, whether they're trying to be business owners, it doesn't matter what stage they are in, in their journey. For me, bringing value into every conversation, no matter the relationship and really putting in the time into my network has been game changing. So an investment of my time into my network is the answer to that. 
I, I think that's a great recommendation. Also, the uh, uh, you mentioned the friends. Uh, well, two things. So one, I'd like to hear how you, uh, uh, what specifically you've done in terms of investment network. Are there conferences that you go to or any groups on LinkedIn? Are there any any resources that you would recommend or, or tactics that you'd recommend for the, our listeners? Well, I actually got got an opportunity to join quite a few years back. Uh, an opportunity. A, a, well, it's an organization called the Dynamite Circle, and mm-hmm. they are, it's specifically an organization, uh, like a community for online business owners, and it has oh, been cool. transformational because they are all over the world, and you get to connect, and all of these, every time you go into a hub, like one of the hubs all over the world, you get to be like, hey guys, you, put, you kind of drop into a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group, wherever they are for that city, and be like, who's up for some drinks or who's up for hanging out or let's get it get together. They have something called Juntos in Spanish. It's Junto, but they call <laughs> it Juntos all over the world where you pop into like Mexico city or Playa del Carmen, which usually I'm based out of. And there are these monthly events. So you get to yeah. hang out with all these people, talk shop or talk life or whatever it is and connect with people who live a very similar life. And they have a lot of, well, not obviously last year, but most years they have two main events which are like DCBKK is the one in, um, in Bangkok and then DC Austin, which is in Austin. Those are the main ones, but then they have all of these DCX events. So kind of like TEDx, but they do DCX all over the world. So I've been to a ton of the events and honestly, that community had, it changed my life. Honestly, I met and now any, I can go to almost any of the hubs in the world, like some major cities all over the world. And there'll be always people I can meet up with, connect with and find like, the people who really understand me, like my tribe, so to speak. So that has that one has been transformational. That's that's incredible. I've not heard of that, and I'm going to be looking that up as well. I'm getting all kinds of tips here. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> uh, other thing that you just mentioned, I, you mentioned this. I, I think uh, it's such a great uh, way of looking at it. You mentioned that your friends are coworkers, coworkers are friends. I, I still find it funny that uh, people try to separate fully business and and uh, personal life. It's like, you know, if you're spending 40, 60 hours a week with some people, uh, you should <laughs> like them. I think it's important that you like them and that they can be your Absolutely. friends and that you can connect with them. So I, I second you on that one as well. Um, a couple questions left. So what are the bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? Bad recommendations? Uh, do you mean from colleagues or entrepreneurs or in what sense? Yeah, just if you have anybody that's uh, when it comes to staffing and you're, you you hear advice uh, out there that you know is uh, potentially leading people astray, you know, so if the clients, say, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I get what you're saying. I'd say, so the two things here. One, what's interestingly enough, the reason why we've been able to be so innovative and ahead of a lot of recruitment companies is we've kind of just stayed in our lane. Like we've tried to avoid the masses and the massive information that's out there and just try to be in our own lane, creative, searching, always iterating. So I can't say that I've heard like a lot of bad information yeah. or misinformation, but at the same time, I have, we have like attended certain uh, courses or lectures just to see what's really out there. And I just say people are rec- trying to recommend different things for remote recruitment that are not accurate. Whether that is the sites that you should source from, like for example, hire remote staff, but go for local cities, like local city job boards, which is completely okay if you are looking to get someone in a specific city for a remote job, but it's going to be so much harder because they still, they don't know the mindset of a remote job. They don't really fully understand how it works, how it functions. And you have to 
explain it, convince them to work online, make sure yeah. and you have no guarantee. There's just so many risks because they need to get there on their own to be able to then say, okay, this makes sense. You know what this is, you know, it's going to work for you. So I think there's a lot of information where companies are trying to teach remote recruitment, but the, 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 the practices that they're trying to teach people, the kind of tips and tricks and things like that are not always accurate to what is I would say what our best practices, but again, those are just what we, those are things that I have found or my team have found. I think a big takeaway, and I just really want to say this, a big take, a takeaway with remote recruitment and recruitment in general, and that a lot of companies would disagree in. I don't think there's one right way. I, I really don't. That's why we're always iterating and always trying to improve. There are not so great practices. They're not wrong, but they're maybe harder. I do think something that has to change in recruitment is continuing to be innovative, continuing to test and trial, continuing growing. And I think a lot of companies don't do that. Hence the misinformation. I, I, uh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think think that everybody's looking for that silver bullet and everybody's like, Oh, what's, what's the one thing we need to do? And it doesn't, it never, it never exists. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we've got to do a bunch of hard things. So uh, last question, uh, what is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? An absurd thing that I love. Oh, that's such a tough one. (laughs) Oh my. An absurd thing that I love. Oh, okay. I don't know how absurd this is. I think it's just like a a preference and something that is a bit of a pet peeve peeve for me, I would say. I really dislike not getting on video. Like a lot of people do audios, like team calls or sales calls. I've even had a a coach. So I I got on a call with a performance coach because I was looking to be more productive. You know, I'm always trying to, you know, expand. Yeah, level up. And our entire call was voice. And I was just like, how can you tell what I feel? How can you tell what I'm struggling with? You don't see my face. (laughs) It's a big pet peeve of mine, honestly. So I absolutely love when people can see me and who I am and I can really see them and who they are. So, yeah. (laughs) And and for those of you listening to it, we are on video right now, so we can see each other and we are both smiling. (laughs) Um, Exactly. Exactly. um, So that, that wraps it up for the questions that I had. Uh, Any last comments, anything else you'd like to share? I would just say for anyone who's looking to do remote recruitment or going out and finding remote staff, I would just say continue learning, continue being curious and research, research, research. (laughs) Those are my final words. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Well, Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. Super exciting to learn about you and what you built with Remotivate. Um, Hoping you all the success and thank you again for sharing some of your insights. Thank you so much, David, for having me. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.